Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast that defines today's dad. I'm Anthony Palmer. And I'm Michael Smith. Palmer, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well. How's your day going? Um, you know, it's, a, it's another day on, on the COVID hamster wheel, so living, living my best life. <laughs> Actually, fair. you know what, man? I don't even like that I said it that way. It's been really good. I have uh, been been working on reframing that mindset a little bit. So it's been it's been a very good day. How about you? It is. I've learned that that's very important. The framing right now, the way that we view our words is mattering right now because, like, if we say the the hunkering down because of COVID, it's going to start wearing on us, man. So uh, we we need to have a a shinier. <laughs> Six spin. six months in, I'm glad we're figuring it out. <laughs> we, we need to have a shinier spin on what's going on. But I have a question for you. I have an answer. Why can't bikes stand up on their own? Because they're always trying to kickstand. They're too tired. Uh all right, fair enough. I was actually trying on that one this time. You were going with the kickstand theme. You just got the wrong theme. Yeah, hey, I, I used the wrong part of the bike. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's on you. <laughs> jokes on me. Jokes on jokes, me. Jokes on you, idiot. <laughs> oh man, um, dude, I am. I'm sitting here and I'm. I'm wondering how jealous you might be. I don't know if you can see this from all the way over there in Asheville, but do you see this sweet wake dad drink repeat themed rubber band bracelet my daughter made for me today? I do, man. That's so sweet. That's so flipping COVID sweet. It is pretty sweet. I'm going to post a picture of it on the Instagram and we're going to start selling them for $10 a pop. <laughs> um, checks made out directly to Anthony Palmer. Uh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. Well, since you're being that... sarcastic about it, we're not making it out to wake dad, drink, repeat. We're just going straight to me. Um, that'll that'll go great for you, man. No, all proceeds can go to you. I think this will go gangbusters <laughs> for you. I think, I think our audience base is really going to love it. I'm excited um, for you and your family's financial future. Thank you. You know, you don't have to be such an asshole all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this week on the pod, we were joined by Steve Lemig. Steve um, just is an incredible human. Uh, he's a dad to one, Ella, who's 10, Um we were so grateful for him to join us this week on the pod. He's got a crazy story, um, but really more importantly than that, he's the founder of the Wilder Dad blog. Um, he's the director of communications for Roadrunner Sports, uh, just an outdoor adventure-loving, good human that we really enjoyed our conversation with. Yeah, he's uh, um, Wilder Dad is very much all about the Instagram is about spotlighting dads being active, um, adventures in the outdoors and through fatherhood, which is an amazing platform for him. And also his blog space is, I mean, one of the top in the country, which is amazing. Um, but his backstory is so bizarre that, um, he's writing a book memoir about it, that, um, it, it's, it's, incredibly unique um to him yeah. as an individual um it's pretty wild so looking forward to letting more people hear about that um but uh, it was certainly a treat to talk with steve and his um it will we'll get him back on the show whenever his book is published and uh drop so we can learn more about that as well yeah absolutely absolutely um all right man well you know what we're not even going to talk about what we're drinking because we did it in the show with steve we done did it buddy 
We already did it. Um, we done did it. So before I guess we get into the show, as always, guys, please uh, rate and review our show. Say hey to us on social media. Let us know what you think about what we're doing. And, um, you know, like like we always say, please uh, share it with a fellow dad. That's what helps us keep this thing going. Please enjoy Steve Lemig. Let's smash play. I think we both said his name right. All right, Paul, go ahead. Sorry, buddy. And Steve, Steve, say your last name for me one more time. Yeah, uh, Lemig. All right. All right. Well, we are joined today by Steve Lemig. No, I did it wrong. Lemig. There you go. All right. Well, we are joined tonight by Steve Lemig. Lemig. Why can't I do it right? Mike, you're going to leave all of us in. All right. Well, we're joined tonight by Steve Lemig. He is the founder of Wilder Dad. It's a dad blog and guide to the outdoors. Why are you laughing at me? I did it right that time. You're, good. You're solid. You did it. You nailed it. It's so stressful. Only because for it's you. only because I was so stressed out after getting it wrong three it's times. So, so stressful. Steve is the founder stressed. of Wilder Dad. It's a dad blog and a guide to the outdoors. He's also the communications director at Roadrunner Sports. He's an author. He's an outdoor athlete. Most importantly, he's a dad to his ten-year-old daughter Ella. Steve, thanks for coming on the show with us tonight, man. <laughs> Oh, thank you guys so much. That was that was an amazing introduction. <laughs> it's it's almost like it wasn't rehearsed. <laughs> it's, it's almost like that wasn't the fifth take. <laughs> you know That's what? Fantastic. You know what? You know what? I need everybody to just get off my back tonight. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's been a rough am, one for Palmer. I am leaving for the beach in three days. I just I'm, yep. I need a little break. <laughs> We'll give it to you, buddy. Well, Steve, oh. man, we're uh, we're highly stoked to have conversations with you. I want to have conversations about Wilderdad, the blog, your Instagram feed. I want to have conversations about, and I quote from your website, your biz- your progressively bizarre world of psychic churches, spiritual cults, political activists, abusive stepfather, and your soul-searching mother guided by voices in your head that is your childhood. Um, and I want to, to talk about your upcoming book that's coming out and um, also all about being a dad. So I'm looking looking forward to uh, unraveling this whole conversation with you, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you guys again for, for having me on the show. It's cool. Absolutely, man. I The only regret I have about this episode is I wish... And I mean, COVID and, and geography has gotten in our way, but I would love to be sitting around having a beer with you when we have this talk. Cause I just feel like yeah. you know, we're, we're towing in for a good one tonight. So yeah, well we, we can at least cheers. <laughs> there you go, man. So cheers. Indeed, gentlemen, <laughs> cheers across us. Uh, some, some time zones. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Steve, Steve um, sir, what, what like, are you, what are you drinking, sir? We can, we can talk about drinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm drinking a, a Colorado beer. It's a uh, ska, ska brewing, modus operandi. Very nice. I might yeah. ask you to phonetically type that out for me so we can put it in our show notes. But that sounds lovely, dude. It's it's fantastic. Yep, it's my go-to for sure. Nice, man. <laughs> nice. Is that a high hoppy IPA? It is. It's super hoppy. It's it's got quite a bit of malt too, so real really well balanced. Almost seven percent. Ooh. And uh, that's, yeah, that's, it's that's a the it's big a, boys. It's a pow to the kisser. <laughs> yeah. Right in the kisser. Well, Mike, what are you what are you drinking on? I'm on my twenty year twelve uh, year Glenfiddich Scotch. Um, right. It's it's one of those evenings, and uh, I amply have it in the house again. So um, it's right. it's back in my normal repertoire. That's good. That's yourself, good. Yourself, well, buddy. I I, uh, I went with one of the the old ringers and and did some 
um, old granddad bonded again tonight. So man, a, a constant, <laughs> I just killed the bottle. It was like, it was one of those ones where it was like, there was enough in there for maybe a glass and a half. And I was just like, ah, I'm just dump the rest you in the night and get after it. That's what, that's what old granddad is good for. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so Steve, um, we here at wake dad drink repeat. We are the show that defines today's dad. And we love to start all of our episodes by asking our guests to give us their definition of a today's dad. So, um, if you would please do us the honor of sharing that definition with us. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, dads have come a long way <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> amen. Yeah. Thank goodness. And, um, you know, for me, um, I would say that, that today's dad, uh, really, the definition of today's dad boils down to to one word and and that's just simply being involved we're we're so much more involved these days than you know than than our dads were and our grandparents were and um and so that's that's really what it comes down to involved and and that's in every aspect of of our family's lives um you know, we, we help out with homework. We, we help get our kids out the door. Um, we pack lunches, we clean the house, we cook dinners, um, you know, and, um, and, uh, on top of that too, um, I think more than ever we're involved emotionally. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, that's another big piece is that, you know, I, I always say that uh, I come from a long line of fathers who didn't know what the hell they were doing. Um, and and even though to, to some extent that's it's the same case for, for our generation, um, we, we just we have so many more resources uh, available to us, so much more information. And, and I think the culture is, is also uh, more open to, you know, to uh, involvement from fathers so um so yeah the, the the emotional part of it is is a big thing um you know just telling your kids that showing your kids that it's okay to be not just happy but sad and mad and uh worried stressed you know just showing yeah. your your kids a more realistic uh uh, picture of of what it is not just to be a dad but to you know to be an adult to be a person so dude that's a great definition fantastic right? definition a great definition man i'm looking forward to i'm glad we get to add that to our uh, to our rick house is what we call it to where, where we store <laughs> yeah, nice. where we store all of our um, data and collected uh today's dad definitions where do you think Oh, it's it's appropriate. We could certainly start off. Uh, you have a fascinating, fascinating upbringing, childhood for yourself. Um, so much that you're you're buttoning up a book and and um, coming out with a book all, all about it, memoir um, style written. But um, you've been. Uh, I want to get to it, but before address your today's definition today's dad definition kind of through that lens. So like you have, we have a lot more resources at our disposal. We're more emotionally vulnerable. Um, and, and you said you hail from a long line of 
kind of misses from dads um, that you've had and a support role. Like what I'm going to say, and we've known each other for very little time, based on what you do and what you put out there in the world and the level of vulnerability and truth that you put out there, I bet you're a pretty damn good dad. Where do you think your connection or your hit or your home run, how did you kind of make those links and rise above um, and to the point where you, you're really putting that bad dad lineage in the past um, and, and yeah. moving forward with with a, a, a clean slate, a better slate, yeah, um, some, right, something more right. grounded, call it, call it whatever you want. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? It's a good question. And um, I, I don't know that I've got a, a, a real clear answer other than, uh, growing up, um, I saw, uh, what basically what not to do, uh, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, and, and again, my, my, uh, childhood was, was fairly complicated. So, uh, my, uh, my real dad, uh, was a, was a nice guy. He, you know, he was, he was a good guy. He just worked real hard and, and wasn't around very much. And, um, and he absolutely was not emotive at all. Um, so, so I, uh, I, I think I just, I, I, uh, saw that there were voids in, in the fathers in my life. Um, and, and I, I knew what I needed that, that I wasn't getting from yeah. from my own, you know, from my real dad and from my stepdad, and you know, even from my grandfather who was was around quite a bit. Um, and and for whatever reason, I just I, I knew that when I became a dad, those were the things that I was going to supply my kid with because I just I didn't have it. I didn't, I didn't have the emotional support and, um, you know, had, had very little, uh, support at home, you know, for, for anything really. We've had so, so many guests on the show in the past that have come from homes, um, where they didn't have a father figure or, um, had an estranged relationship with their father or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think, and I mean, it kind of, this is kind of a common sense statement, but it's, yep the thing that I've found most, and I think I've said this on the show before, the thing I found have found most impressive about those people is there's this like underlying uh, repetition in their story of instead of them being spiteful about it, um, it's this hunger to put a different foot forward for their kids and, and, and not even a, not even a fear of having kids. It's, and I feel like you hear right. that so much of, Oh, I had a, my, my mother was horrible. My dad was horrible. I can't have kids. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be like them, but, and maybe it's just the luck of the draw of who we've had on the show, but it, you, we, we get this constant narrative in these stories of like, no harm, no foul. I just wanted to do better for my kid because I wanted to, I knew I could do it, you know? And so that's, it's yeah, really cool absolutely. to yet again hear that in, in an, on another with another guest on the show. You know, I, I think one thing that really helped uh, helped me growing up too was uh, just spending time in the outdoors. Um, it, it just being in a quiet space, 
um, you know, whether it was fishing as a kid or, you know, going on trail runs or, you know, going for bike rides or, or whatever, just being outside um, alone. And, 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 you know, and I, I did, I did all that stuff mostly by myself. Um, it just, it, it really helped me find my balance and, and, and figure out, you know, what, where I wanted to go, what, what direction I wanted to go. It's super Bravo nurturing. Using it's it. such a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, that it's healing for, it's fun. It doesn't matter the stage in your life. Being outdoors is, is so healing and, and, and nurturing, but, um, to then take that passion that you had for it and, and be using it so much in where you are now between mm-hmm. wilder dad and, and being outside with your daughter and your wife. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, you can just tell how, how important that kind of cornerstone is for you as a human being. Um, it is, it, you know, to where it's more than just about going outside and having fun. It's, it's got purpose behind it. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Steve, you're, um, you, you were, I, I, I said it buttoning up a book. I don't like saying that. Um, you, you are finishing a book, you're getting it to editors. You're kind of in the final stages of a book called, um, just act natural. Please, um, overrun me and correct me on anything that comes out of my mouth. That's incorrect. Um, <laughs> that's not the title. It's just act natural. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Way too long. Um, where did that, where, where did the, kind of gave a, I mean, a super highlight of where that inspiration could have come from, but like what, what brought you to the track to, to write this book? Um, you know, I think, uh, first and foremost, uh, I just needed, uh, I needed to process uh, my childhood and, and my, my upbringing. Um, so, so I knew that it would be, um, uh, very cathartic to, to get it down on paper. I, I, I am a writer, uh, you know, professionally and I, I've, I've been a writer since, uh, you know, since I joined the journalism team, uh, in high school and, and it's just writing is one of the ways that I, that I process, uh, my, my life. And, uh, and so, um, I, I just knew that, that I, that writing this book, writing my memoir, uh, would be super helpful for me. And as I started to go through the process, I, I began and started talking to other people as well. I started to realize that it, it could actually help other people as well who have had trauma and, uh, you know, just tricky, challenging childhoods. Um, so that was, that was really the original, uh, motivation for, for starting it. What, um, what, how did that end up working for you? Um, was that like a, you sat down and so much came out of your mind that, um, you, you were done in two days time or what was it very methodical <laughs> and, uh, months on end to actually get the project, um, kind of, kind of stamped. Yeah, no, it's taken years. Uh, I first started, uh, actually it started out just journaling, uh, sure. when I was about, uh, 25 maybe. Uh, and, uh, and so I just, I journaled for, for a couple of years. Uh, and, and, you know, at that point it just, it, it was messy. <laughs> it was just raw memories. 
down on sure. paper, you know, sure. no real point, you know, no storyline, no nothing. Um, just, just straight up memories. And, um, and then, yeah, from there, uh, you know, I, I put it down for a year or so, and then I came back to it and, and after rereading uh, all my memories uh, on paper, you know, I realized that, that there, there was a story there and there's content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so from there, I just started shaping it into, uh, into more of a, a story that's more readable, you know, for people who don't know me and, you know, um, we'll, we'll just hopefully one day we'll, uh, pick the book off, off the shelf, you know? So, um, and yeah, like you said, I, I've been working with, uh, an editor, uh, this year to, uh, to finalize it. So we're, we're, we're getting close, but, um, yeah. So, you know, some main, some of the main story points, uh, were, um, <laughs> as you mentioned in the description, uh, my mom, you know, really did have, she believed that spirit, uh, spoke to her. Um, she, she absolutely heard voices in her head that, uh, guided her to, to make major decisions, you know, in our lives, like, um, you know, divorcing my dad and marrying, uh, my stepdad who she believed, um, after, we 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 started going to a uh a spiritual church uh when uh when my mom met my stepdad and uh and it was run by a by a, a psychic um clairvoyant uh pastor and uh and he did uh past life regressions on on my my mom and and uh and stepdad and uh and so the uh the the story that they came out with was that uh, my stepdad's mother was Joan of Arc in a past life, and oh, and uh, and my stepdad was a soldier in her army, and and my mom uh, was in some was married or in, in a relationship with with my stepdad wow. back then too. So you know, so for them it was it was like destiny, you know, had brought them together and. And, um, and let me guess, they shared this openly with you. Oh yeah. And you yeah, knew all this. Absolutely. Oh, that's super healthy. Super healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that, at that spiritual church, we, um, I, I, I totally remember the, uh, the pastor would, would do, would speak to dead relatives of, uh, audience members, you know, so, <laughs> and, it, and it was just classic. I mean, just the way you would imagine it, um, you know, he would, the, the pastor would close his eyes and, and he'd say, oh, someone is, uh, someone is reaching out to me and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a man. No, 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 it's a woman. And, you know, then, then he would open his eyes and look around to oh, see if any, no. anyone is nodding their head. On you know, it, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, oh, and no. he, he, just, he just would play people. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I was about nine years old when, uh, <laughs> when we started going to that church. And so that was, that was super bizarre, uh, especially after being raised. <laughs> yeah. It sounds it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
especially after being raised Catholic, uh, my dad was was uh, pretty pretty. You strict started Catholic. you started Catholic, yeah. 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 And then, well, yeah, as a then as a as a lifelong Catholic, it's it's pretty weird too at times. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> it, is. it is, yeah. And I do make that connection in, in the book that you know, if you really think about it, um, the more established religions are are also pretty pretty wild. Uh, yeah. Fantastical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So anyway, yeah, from there, uh, we, uh, I grew up in New England and, uh, we moved to California, Southern California, where, um, uh, Spirit had, uh, told my parents that, uh, they should open a French restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> we uh we sold our house in connecticut and uh and used the money you know to to fund the restaurant and um part of that part of that money uh was supposed to go to my brothers and my college fund we, we were both supposed to get uh about twenty thousand dollars out of it and uh and of course it just all got sunk into the into the restaurant which yeah because which, because of the voices because of the voices <laughs> because of the voices yeah yeah and uh and yeah so we lost all our money out there we lasted a few years in, in socal and then um and then spirit once again spoke to my parents and and said that we needed to move to colorado and uh so that was about um uh it was uh, 10th grade so junior year or sophomore year of high school uh, we moved to Colorado oh, geez, and uh, moved down to Colorado Springs. And, and then that's when uh, my folks, uh, up until that point, my, my folks were fairly liberal, um, you know, politically. Uh, and uh, and then being in Colorado Springs, they, they shifted wildly to the right. Um, and... Wow. Um, and in fact, they, they joined, uh, the John Birch society, um, uh, became super, uh, anti-communist and, um, you know, it, it just, it, it was, uh, it, it was a really challenging time in high school to, to, um, deal with all you know, that. To, yeah. To go through that. And then, and then in the process, um, my, my stepdad started getting more violent, um, you know, and he started, uh hitting me um you know we would get into arguments and and he would work on me uh and uh and then he he started getting uh uh into a lot of conspiracy theories and um started preparing for the end of days uh you know and stockpiled guns and um you know holy said day, that, dude. that we had black helicopters um that were uh, uh, surveying, surveying, or surveilling the house, um, and it, it just, yeah, it got, it got really crazy there. So, so, I mean, not to I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this question. Like, how does, how do you, how do you process that as a kid? How do you deal with? It? I mean, because you, because it's clearly, it sounds like you had the wherewithal at the time that this wasn't normal, but well, you're, <laughs> I you mean, know, 
I, I definitely knew that it wasn't normal, that it was extreme. Uh, but at the time, um, you know, I felt like there were nuggets of truth in, in just about everything that, that my parents got into, you know, that the idea that there's, you know, there, that there are spirits or, you know, that, that, um, that there are forces out there who <laughs> don't have our best intentions in mind, you know, like, like there, there are nuggets of truth and in, in, in everything that they got into. It sure. Just, it just got totally out of control. And, um, and so I think I just, I just focused on, uh, on what the, what I knew to be true and then did the best I could uh, brush off the, uh, the, the more extreme sides. See, I would think that that would make me as a parent like almost extremely um, self-cautious or whatever about how how I'm acting as a parent because you you realize probably being on the other side of it and where you are now, the vulnerability. I mean, we all know that as parents anyways or as adults, the vulnerability of children and how – I mean, easy, easily they're manipulated. And I, I don't mean that in a negative right. way, but just how easy it is to influence them. Truth. And right. I, I would think that really seeing the extreme of that throughout your life would make, I think if I were in your shoes, I feel like I would probably be like questioning a lot of the, the ways in which I'm doing things with my kid or talking to my kid about things because you know yeah. the, the impact of that. Well, you know what, um, what really helped me again was uh, immersing myself, you know, the, the older I got, the more I immersed myself in, in, into the outdoor community. Mm-hmm. And um, man, there are just, there are some amazing people just yeah. in, in, in that community, you know, bikers and rock climbers and mountaineers. And, um, you know, they, uh, I, I, I made a lot of friends in high school and toward the end of high school. And then by the time I graduated and moved out, um, on my own, um, you know, that's all, those were the only people I hung out with and and they really, really helped ground me and, you know, figure out, they really helped me figure out my own truths and my own beliefs. Um, and in addition, um, I, you know, I waited until, uh, I was 35, um, before, uh, before I had my daughter. And so by that age, you know, I had reestablished who I was who you were. and yeah. And, and who, who I wanted to, uh, what kind of dad I wanted to be for, for my kid. Well, and it, it kind of goes to what I was saying at, sorry, Mike, to what I was saying at the, at the top of, you know, like somebody who grows up without a dad, you, you can, you kind of have this opportunity to choose if you're going to let that influence you in a negative way or a positive way. And it, the same thing can then be said about the situation that you were in, because there's a lot of kids that, that grow up in very tough circumstances that don't come out as stable sure. and healthy and balanced as, as you are. And, and some of that's a choice and some of that's just the nature of the cards that are dealt to us. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the argument about kids, um, being the result of, of, uh, 
<clears throat> nurturing or, you know, or the, or, or their, their nature, nature versus nurture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they both play a role for sure. You have to have some, you're, you're, you're born with a certain personality and a certain, um, I don't know, likelihood of, of coming out. Okay. Um, but then there is definitely a, a, a choice that you need to make at some point. Do any of your parents, step biological, any other influencers, parents that you had growing up, do any of them, are you still in contact with them? I am. Uh, yep. I still, I still talk to my mom and, uh, and my dad. Um, and, uh, my mom actually lives here in Colorado still. So we, uh, we talk on a pretty regular basis. Um, you know, o- over the years we've had it out, um, you know, especially in my twenties, uh, when I started sure. figuring sure. things out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean the last 10 years or so, um, we, we just, we keep the relationship cordial. Um, you know, I, I, I want, uh, my daughter to have uh, a relationship yeah. with her grandmother. And so we just, we, we keep the relationship pretty high level. Um, and then uh, my dad still lives in new England and, you know, and so we, we talk on a pretty, pretty regular basis and it's the same, same relationship there too. You know, we've, we've had our ups and downs over the years and now we're just at a point where we like, having each other around, you know, yeah, sure. even if, even if I, I, there, I only see him every couple of years or so. Is there a level of nervousness or cautiousness with Ella, like talking your daughter, 10 year old daughter, like having yeah. a relationship or a one-on-one conversations or, um, is there a level of just there is, sheer uh, being scared of shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, I do closely watch, um, what my, what my mom tells my daughter, <laughs> cause she's still, uh, she's, my mom has mellowed out over the years, but she still has some, some far out there ideas. And, and so, um, so I do, I do just keep an eye on that and <laughs> make sure she doesn't stray too far. Yeah. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. <laughs> sure. Cause on, on the same on the same token, like you, you know, it's there and it's able and the, the importance of a, a kid and a grandparent relationship, you, you want to nourish yeah. that as much as possible, but, uh, you've got, uh, to, to say it loosely and unsympathetically, you got some loose cannons that uh, you're, you're trying to, right. We're sorry, but like <laughs> just, just, just that you're, you're trying to, your concern is with your daughter, right? So, so right. you're trying to check that box of having that relationship, but, um, it, you know, the experiences that can come out of the other end of that equation. So, and you're just right. cautious right. over it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I do, um, I don't know how to put this, but like, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to completely, uh, overprotect my daughter. Like right. I, I want her to know that there, there's, there's a million different ways to, or a million different beliefs out there. Um, sure. and, and when, she, you know, uh, as she gets older, she needs to make up her own mind about what she believes in. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I, 
I, I, I will guide her and I do guide her in a, in a direction of what I think is more sane beliefs. <laughs> That's that. It's that sure. balancing act as a parent. And it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not, it doesn't always have to be on the extreme things, right? It's just, it's that balancing yeah. act of how much you want to let them fall and how much you want to guide them and, and finding that, that middle ground. Yeah. And, and the older they get, I mean, we were, we were talking before we started recording, you know, your daughter's 10, mine's nine, that, the older they get, the harder that narrative becomes because you, you really want them to be in. And I'm, and I'm sure your daughter is just knowing you and, and reading about you, whatever. I'm sure your daughter is fiercely independent. Um, yeah. Mine is. And, and I, it's a, it is a wonderful trait. I love it dearly about her, but it makes yep. parenting a full-time gig at times, right? Like it's, it you does, really got to be on your toes with it. <laughs> Yep. Right. Take us to, uh, to Wilder dad. Talk to us about this, this Instagram page and blog. that's now a, a top 100 dad blog in the U S and or U S or globally. Uh, U S. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, d- dive into that. Tell, tell us what it's all about. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, so I started uh, Wilder Dad uh, in, let's see, about three years ago in uh, 2017. Um, and, you know, uh, over the years, I, I've started a bunch of different blogs. Um, I did one on uh, uh, running shoe reviews um, years ago. And then uh, and I, I did another one uh, uh, a long time ago that uh I, I called it uh, Curious Noun, and it and it was just a collection of stories about weird, you know, weird places and you know, eccentric people and um, that's cool. You know, wild events uh, or rare events. You know, uh, where, where did that idea come from, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> where did yeah, that inspiration Mike, spawn question. from? Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, none of them ever ever really panned out, and uh, and then I, I I realized that you know that the reason was my my number or my my top passions are writing, um, being in the outdoors, and being a dad. And um, when I when I finally got that down on paper, and you know, got that straight. Uh, in my head, you know, then, then that, that was the inspiration for Wilder Dad. Um, you know, and I, I looked out there, uh, you know, for other dad blogs and outdoor blogs and, and I just couldn't quite, quite find, um, the information that I was looking for, which, mm-hmm. which was just, you know, a well-rounded resource, um, for dads to, um, learn about, uh, about being, a dad and, you know, and then, uh, having inspiration for, uh, getting families into the outdoors. So, um, you know, th- there were a lot of extreme outdoor survival, you yeah. know, or extreme sport type sites out there. And then there were also a lot of, um, first time dad blogs, you know, that were all about, um, you know, preparing for, you know, for, uh, baby to come along and, you know, and I just didn't see one that, that brought all of that together. It's, it's, well, it's, so, it's a beautiful platform and it's well done. The stories that are 
there. I mean, we we said at the top before we smashed record, but I mean, Palmer and I are, Palmer and I are very much in the outdoor space, um, and I have been for for decades Many now. Years. But um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, the product reviews, the, just the stories, the locations, the 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 topics are on point from anywhere down from a product review or just ideas of nine backyard ideas to keep kids active during social distancing. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's very, obviously that's more timely, but, but, but it's very yeah. applicable for any, for any family unit wanting to do anything outdoors. Um, it's very, it's robust and it's, it's a very thorough and honestly, I've been down that path before too. And I was like mentally, I, wanted to do something like Wilder Dad and you did it perfectly. <laughs> like I was like, this is like, cause this is very much my space. Um, and, but you do it beautifully, man. You absolutely do it. Oh, beautifully. thank you. And, uh, thank you so you, much. You check all the boxes. You really That's do. That's awesome. Well, it's, you it's know, and, uh, uh, along the way too, I've, I've met uh, a lot of other dads and, um, uh, you know, another dads who are writers too. And, um, you know, so it's, that's been a great experience just getting yeah. to know, uh, expand my, uh, my network and my, you know, friend family across the country. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. and there, you know, it's just, I think that's what, that's what blows me away. Um, the most about this is, is just seeing how many good dads there are out there nowadays the community that rises out of it. Oh my God. It's just, just, it's, just like well, your outdoor but, community statement, man. Uh, the outdoor community yeah, is real with it way. and, <clears throat> and it is its own family of people. Um, and, and likewise in the dad space, um, yep. it's, it's very much the, the family and community rises out of it whenever you put yourself in it. Um, it, it really does. And I think the way you guys highlight that with, um, the Wilder dad Instagram, at least of, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. There's a lot of sh photos of you and your daughter and your wife doing stuff. And that's of course, wonderful because it's yours, but it's, you, I mean, you, you, uh, you straight up ask people to submit photos of them with their families or their kids doing stuff right. so that you guys can post it into the feed. I mean, it is this, it's this beautiful, you know, hodgepodge of black, white, brown, gay, right. straight, whatever, uh, like just being in the outdoors, which is the most accepting and arms wide open community that exists. And there's no, there's no failure in being outside. There's no, right. um, nobody's better than anyone. I mean, I, I, we've, Mike and I have talked to a handful of, you know, elite level athletes on this show from, you know, golfers, cyclists, outdoors, people, whatever. Um, and then just in our time and working in the outdoor space and, and having met people along the ways, an outdoor, a professional outdoor athlete is the most humble of outdoor athletes. It feels like, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I had the luxury or the opportunity of drinking a beer and eating pizza with Conrad anchor in Knoxville, Tennessee, when he came in <laughs> for Banff. And it was like, it was the most, he came back to our house and drank beer on our couch with us. I mean, it was the most chill yeah. experience, you know, like he was just a cool dude. Um, yeah. well, and I think that that's, I think that that's the, uh, one of the effects of, of the outdoors and, and nature and, you know, spending a lot of time in nature is humbling. Um, but it's, but it's also really grounding, you mm -hmm. know, it, it, um, 
it makes you realize what what's important you know in life that good friends and you know helping each other out um are are critical like that's that's yeah. what life is all about there's there's many there's many facets and many people talk around it but like when especially when mental health stages of people especially in today's world but people talk mental health and then the the sheer availability of wilderness therapy especially around my region mm-hmm. your region um it's 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 plentiful in terms of how much the industry exists and then people talk about like the importance of knowing what your minimum is like knowing what your baseline of living is experience that for a week. So you can understand what you have. That's what your excess is now go live (laughs) at your minimum and understand where you can live. Um, quite honestly, comfortably, um, that that's really what, what time in the outdoors gives you is really that appreciation of, of your baseline and what your world is and what you physically need and don't need. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's powerful, man. And, you know, and that's something, um, that we're, that my family is actually relearning right now because, you know, when my daughter was born, um, for the first many years when, when uh, we went car camping, you know, we didn't. Yeah. And, and so we just, we threw absolutely everything that we could pack into the car <laughs> because why not truck or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. If it right. fits, it ships, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the, the very first time that, uh, that my wife and I went camping with my daughter. Uh, I think she was two and, uh, and we, we brought the, we brought the folding, uh, pack pack and play. play. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it just, you know, it was, it was crazy. And nature cannot um, can't contain this baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, you know, we did that for, for years, just putting, you know, everything we could fit in, into the car. And, uh, and just in the last year or so we started backpacking, um, you know, now that my daughter's strong enough and, you know, she can carry her sleeping bag and, you know, her, sleeping pad and you know a couple pairs of clothes and you know and a a water bottle and um you know and she's she's good to go and and so it's it's been really really fun to get back to that place that that you're talking about of stripping away all the all the excess stuff um and you know and and relearning those lessons about um how little you can you can live with and thrive thrive with you know yeah yeah i i respect um T- Tim Ferriss talks about it a lot. I respect the guy for his good and his bads, but um, he 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 often talks about uh, his appreciation of having a week of living at that baseline because um, uh-huh. yeah. it, it's it's grounding. It's it's absolutely as grounding as can be. I yeah. think um, that's been one of the things that I've found most interesting about the whole COVID and living in isolation and, and or at least living socially distanced a little bit more is at least for my family, we've really taken track of how little we actually use in our house. Right. And I think we've done a lot of clearing out and you would think that, Oh, if you're home, you're going to use more, but really you've found the things that you use and it's kind of separating those from, from the rest. Um, 
So I think it, it all comes to us in different ways. And, and it's really, I mean, kids bring a lot of shit with them, right? So we, I mean, you collect a lot of stuff when you have, when you have kids and, and, you know, Mike, you're in the same boat I am with, with Ollie. I mean, we've got some young ones and young ones have even more shit than older ones, you know, but, um, well, I mean, kind of along those lines and that was kind of a weird transition on my part, but, um, Steve, you guys, you guys started homeschooling your daughter, um, prior to all of this COVID stuff, um, you, you we did. And, and your wife talk, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, homeschooling is, uh, homeschooling is, is no joke, especially for two full-time working parents. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we started my daughter in, uh, in the public school system. Um, and, and it was a great school that, that she was in for the first few years. Um, but uh we just started seeing uh i don't know just just some issues come up um you know where where she wasn't um she wasn't she she just didn't seem as comfortable uh in school she was kind of developing and and i don't know if it was because of uh, a couple of teachers that she had in a row or you know or what but whatever the reason her her needs just weren't being met and, and we can yeah. see that. And, um, you know, whereas when she was real little, she was, you know, super happy and really engaged and playful. Uh, she started to get into the phase where she, uh, uh, was developing anxieties, uh, about going to school. And, um, it's so hard to and, see as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to some extent, I, I, I think it was uh, the size of the classroom and the noise level. She's, you know, she's got some noise uh, sensitivities uh, that that make it difficult for her to, to concentrate. And so um, so we just started looking for other uh, other alternatives. And uh, and so we ended up finding this this cool uh, hybrid program through a, a local uh, Waldorf school. And, uh, and so she, yeah, so as of last year, she started, uh, going to that school two days a week, uh, so that she could get some, uh, some interaction, you know, with teachers and kids and, yeah. um, and, uh, and then, uh, and then we homeschooled, uh, three days a week. And, um, uh, so it, it, it was, it was a huge success. Like that's awesome. By the, by the Ooh, end great. of the first few months. Um, I, I'm not kidding. Like our kid was back, you know, she was happy oh, again. That's amazing. She, uh, she was interested in, in schoolwork and, um, it just, it, it was, the, the difference was, was amazing. So, um, so yeah, even though it, it, it definitely is challenging, you know, for, uh, both my wife and I to be working and, you know, and to fit in, uh, school throughout the week. Um, it's just, it's been so rewarding, uh, to see That's our great. kid thrive again. I think That's a lot great. of people need to hear that message right now. So I think I was really glad that this timed out this sure. interview with you because so many families are getting ready to step into this even more constructed homeschooling virtual learning role than we all experienced in the spring when schools yep. shut down. Um, and it's daunting, man, Mike and I, are both very fortunate that we're stay at home, work from home dads to begin with. 
Um, you know, so we're, we're kind of used to that grind a little bit. There's, there is a shit ton of people in this country that are not used to that being home with their kids and helping them yeah. learn and whatnot. And it's going to be, it's going to be an effort, but I think I, well, I really, I really think the payoff that we're going to see, I think it's going to surprise <laughs> a lot of people. Like, I think the, I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised by their relationships with their kids changing and growing in different ways. I, I think so too. And, you know, you, you reminded me too, that, um, this time last year when my wife and I were talking through this decision, um, to, uh, to, to take my daughter out of, uh, the, the, the local public school and put her into the, the, the Waldorf, uh, homeschool program. Um, we were, we were scared. Like we were, we were so nervous about it. You know, we just had no idea what to expect and, and we didn't know if we were going to ruin our kid, <laughs> you know, and, or pile on more trauma or, you know, or, or, or what. And, um, and to take that, that leap of faith and then, you know, and then be so, so well rewarded. Um, has, has just been awesome. That, I mean, that alone has been really eye opening for, for us that, um, it's okay to take reasonable <laughs> risks, you know, yeah. with, with your kids and, and just really, really listen, listen to them and, and listen to what they need, what they're asking for, you know, through tears, you know, at the end of the night or through, you know, pure joy from, you know, getting involved in, in a, in a local program. So as I say, there's your today's dad definition. It's that involvement, yeah. especially on the emotional level. It's, it's being that, that sounding board for them and being able to, yeah. to truly hear them at their level, to really listen to what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, Steve, thank you for saying that out loud. Cause I'm sure that's affecting uh, thousands, millions of uh, parents decisions, uh, daily right now and tomorrow yeah. and the next day just based on the the, the coming weeks and as the school season ticks away and where we are as a nation so um thanks for that shining light there <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's the case for uh, a lot of parents if i if yeah. we stick on kind of like today's uh, world. I don't even know what to call it anymore. I'm just toast and talking about today's world. Pandemic but, world 2020. Yeah, right, right. Just just call it, just wrap it up with a bow. Call it 2020. Uh, everybody knows what right. we mean. Um, so so I, I applaud you and I thank you for Wilder Dad expressing a lot of support and um and, and just attention for your platform and also for Black Dad um, Black Lives Matter. So what on that note what as dads can we do in our space for our kids right now, regardless of age, but we have a pandemic, we have a metric shit ton of inequality going on that's being confronted in our faces rawly. Like what? Yeah. You, you have a 10 year old Palmer as a nine year old. I have younger kids like where, what can we do best for our kids right now? And it's been said here before, but they're better than us. They don't see what we're seeing. They're better human beings than we are right now. Um, so what can we do? How and, do we make the best impact? Right. Yeah. I mean, that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. It's um, there, there's no easy answer for sure. Um, our, our kids, 
are absolutely uh, feeling the same stresses that we are. Um, and, and I think, I think really what it comes down to is, is, um, is, is talking to your kids, um, about these issues, uh, in age appropriate ways. Um, you know, and, and you've, yeah. you've got to do some, you've got to do some research. Um, but the, there, there's so many wonderful articles out there about how to talk to your kids about race at different age levels, um, how to talk to them about, um, gender issues, uh, at different age levels. Um, and, you know, and then even talking to them about, about COVID. Um, so I, I think, I mean, really, really, that's what it comes down to is, is, is being, being engaged and, and looking for the, the teaching moments. If, if you can't find the teaching moment, then, these issues are so important that you have to make your own <laughs> teaching moment. You have to, you have to address this stuff. Um, our, our world is evolving and, um, and, and I think for the better in, in most ways. And um, we, we just, we, we need to talk to them about it. Do you think there'll be lasting change with the shit that is 2020? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Good. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm sure that it's a mixed bag. There'll be some good and some bad change, but yeah, for, I, you know, I heard it's, a, it's kind of, yeah. You, no, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say it's, it's like, um, you know, you, you can relate it back to nine 11 where, you know, a lot of, um, or the, the 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 world just completely changed after after that day sure. after that sure. year and um uh and it, and it absolutely will this this year too but but again I, I think there there are a lot of big a lot of good issues that are coming up um that uh are going to set our kids so much further ahead you know, um, talking yes. about baselines, yes. you know, that I think our kids are going to be so much more resilient, um, uh, as well as, um, way more woke than, than any of God, us. I hope, yes. I hope <laughs> <laughs> if we're, if we're living through all of this right now and that's not the end result, I, oh, I give man. up, like, yeah. I don't get, I don't get it. I heard this. Um, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot about about the life of John Lewis, um, and, and light of him passing away at last week. And I think I always knew how significant of a human he was, but I don't think I knew the depth of how significant of a human he was. And, um, I heard this really great story today that apparently, um, and I wish I knew the name of the guy, but it was another, it was another civil rights guy who was a little bit younger than him. Um, and, and they were talking before John died about the death of George Floyd and mm. what was going to come of it. And apparently John Lewis said like in a, in a kind of laughing way, he was like, cats out of the bag now. Like there's no going back. Like it, it, right. the world is on fire right now over this, this stuff. There is no, this is that next step in the story. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, for a guy that was such a huge part of being the step of the story, um, right. yeah. to recognize this next phase was it, it 
to what I just said to you, it, it, it almost makes all of it feel worth it if we get there. Right. Yeah. It, it does, I, I it's not a reason mean. to come off the throttle, but it, it makes right. it feel like we're doing the right where we are truly moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing good comes easy. Well, man, I want to, speaking of nothing good comes easy. I want to just touch on two things very quickly because I was, I was just blown away when I uh, read it in your, in your show notes you sent us. Do you, do you want to say hi to these guys? This is, this is my daughter, Ella. Hey, Ella. Hey, Ella. Did that come out of your guys' garden? Oh, look yeah. at that zucchini. That's awesome. <laughs> That is awesome. But yeah, I'm pretty proud of this. You should be. That's, That's huge. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, kiddo. <laughs> I I love how much joy that brings. Like gardening, my right? daughter loves it. Like yep. And I love when yep. she, she'll go out there and just pick stuff that's not ready to come in yet, but she's so excited to show it to me. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Read, a, read an article that like, it is very imperative that you get your kids in like the appreciation of gardening. And I love doing it. However, expect about an 80% crop failure because of <laughs> right. your kids' uh, <laughs> right. interactions oh with, yeah. with your gardening. <laughs> this is, this, no kidding. This is our, so my daughter's 10. This is probably our, seventh year having a garden and, so and i think awesome. it's the first year we've actually had any produce come out of it <laughs> <laughs> sure sure right <laughs> well Part so i was saying before that and i'm so glad that she interrupted us because that's way more important than anything i'm getting ready to say yeah. but um as a as a endurance sport athlete and, and lover of the suffering myself the one, the fact that you've done Pikes Peak Marathon four times is just like yeah, that's a burly incredible one, dude. That's <laughs> like, that a hey. brutal undertaking once, but to sign back up for it three more times afterwards. Um, and um, I, yeah. I was going to ask you, but it's as somebody who's raced so much, this this whole pandemic and not being able to really get out there, I'm sure is hard. It's hard for me. I'm sure it's a challenge for you as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I still get out to, to run a few days a week. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and I have been, uh, working out in the, uh, the makeshift home gym surrounded by Legos and toys <laughs> and crumb popcorn kernels, you know, from the, <laughs> the, the, uh, movie party the night before. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I have uh, done so many races uh, over the years that uh, I'd actually kind of been phasing out of, oh. of uh, uh, entering races. Yeah. Uh, the, really the last couple of years. So, um, so Good I've timing. just been in, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it has been okay timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I've just been I've, I've been enjoying you know running and biking by myself, uh, and then you know and then getting my family out for hikes and camping trips, you know where we just go as far away up into the mountains as we can. Um, yeah. So it's it it's uh, the, the the transition has been uh, noticeable for sure, or you know I've. I've I feel, I feel the change, but, um, but you know, I've still, still been able to stay active the way, the way I like to. So, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. the, the other thing I was going to mention just real quick was I, uh, as I was reading your, your, your information you sent us and you, you talked about your, your stint, uh, with the forest service as a, as a oh, firefighter, yeah. I, uh, I was so, I was so hoping that when we got down to the books that you were going to have young men in fire as one of your favorite books. Cause that's like, that's one of my all time you know, favorite books from Norman McLean. And yeah, I've, I've, I've been waiting secretly for a guest to have it on there so I can have a minute to talk with someone about I, it. <laughs> I, I do, I do have it on my bookshelf, uh, somewhere either on this one or, or, uh, in the other room, but yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic story. Um, I actually, uh, uh, um, so wait, is is that the one about Storm King, or is that the one about uh, the Montana fire? That's the Mon- That's a Missoula that's fire. That's Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I think his son wrote a book about Smoke Storm Jumpers, King I think fire. Was... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that's the fire that I was supposed to be at, but um, but yeah. So so. Uh, a story to to tie all of that together. Um, uh, got a job with with uh, the Pike Hot Shots here in Colorado. I was nineteen, and uh, um, we, uh, we we got through all the training. You know, we did the the class like two weeks of classroom training, and then another week or so of field training. And uh, the night that uh, that uh, the crew had graduated and, uh, we were going to be put on the dispatch board. Uh, we were all hanging out at the, at the bunker or at the, the, uh, Pike headquarters. And, um, we all went up to the game room and, uh, and someone suggested that we watch a movie and, uh, it was, it was the old black and white movie of, um, of, uh, uh, the, the Montana fire. Yeah. Of young men in fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget and, the name uh, of the movie. It, the movie wasn't the same name as the book, but yeah. It, it's, yeah. Oh, it, it's, uh, I think it's a uh, red skies over yes. Montana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, so we watched that movie the night That's before. Bold it was, move. <laughs> oh man. It was, it was just absolutely horrifying. Yeah, and, uh, and and then that night, at, you know, we got put on the dispatch board at, at midnight, and by like twelve oh one, we were picked up for a, a fire down Ooh. in Arizona. And wow. So that that drive down, um, it's a good initiation night. Yeah, yeah, man, it was just it was frightening. So anyway, yeah, so that year, um, it was nineteen ninety four, and and that year. Um, was uh was the year that storm king uh blew up and uh and that was a uh, fire over in uh the glenwood springs area uh west of denver a couple hours and um and my crew actually got assigned to that fire we we showed up to glenwood springs um and and we met with uh the there was a, a fire supervisor who was there just kind of um doing the initial uh survey of of the fire at the, at that point it was just a spot small spot fire up on the mountain and um and they they decided that uh because we were a hotshot crew um and and we were we were local and we had our own vehicles and everything that we were a lot more mobile 
and um, and so they they decided to send us to another fire. So um, and, and and this this other fire wasn't too far away. So we were nearby, and a um, couple days went by, um, and uh, and and I remember the morning that Storm King uh, actually blew up. We were um, we were at a uh, uh, at a big, uh, fire camp, um, you know, where there were dozens of other, uh, fire crews there. And, and I watched the, uh, the Oregon crew, uh, load up in their bus to get, um, Ugh. to, to go down to the storm King fire. And, um, yeah. And then later that day, um, we, uh, we heard the news that 14 of us, yeah. Those firefighters died in, in that fire. So wow. that was, uh, it was just, you know, yet another one of those experiences that just yeah. makes me appreciate my life and appreciate my daughter and, you know, yeah. just appreciate this opportunity that I've got to, you know, set my family up for, for success. No doubt, man. Well, Steve, man, we appreciate you being on uh, team dad yeah, <laughs> you're, you're certainly a, a, a solid contender on the team, man. Uh, we appreciate it for it. Yeah, man, absolutely. As the dude who um, beat both of us to the team, we're really glad that you're on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Clearly. You've been doing it longer than uh, us, but we're glad you're here. <laughs> yes. Uh, gentlemen, are we ready for some rapid fire questions? I think so. Man. Let's do it. Yes. Steve, uh, we are at the portion of Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat for our rapid fire questions. As we say here at Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the first thing that comes to mind, say it. There are no wrong answers, but don't get it wrong. You got it? <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. <laughs> so stupid. All right. Question number one. Um, drink of choice, sir. Oh, IPA. Drinking it. You're living your living favorite. Living right? his yeah. best life right Bravo. now. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question for you, Steve. Biggest lesson that you've learned as a dad? Uh, be humble. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, next question. Most annoying song, show, or movie that you've had to listen to a thousand times over because of your kids? You know, so my daughter is 10. It's been a little while since uh, I'm a little bit out of that phase. The repetitive, so, dependent, forced to yeah, listen to. Yeah, yeah. A little out of it. However, uh, I I definitely remember uh, Peppa Pig. That was yeah. That was Ooh, a tough one. that's still around, <laughs> and that's still pretty. That's actually pre- on on one of my uh, favorite lists. Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's pretty good. That says a lot about good, Mike like as a it. person, right? <laughs> sure does, buddy. Sure does. I like it. Um, all right, Steve. I, I have a feeling I'm going to know the answer to this one, but favorite thing to do with Ella. You know what? It's uh, right now. It's fishing, fly fishing. Nice man. Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. The patience um, of a saint to fly fish with a ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so many life lessons that rolled up into that activity. Oh man! Um, totally. Next question. Your favorite band? Oh man, uh, I would go with. I got to go with Beastie Boys. Nice answer. That's fun. Yeah. And a first for us. 
Oh yeah, yeah. first time right. Beastie Boys. Yeah, first said. first Beastie Boy answer on there. I'm um, so psyched that uh, that Sirius uh, XM just started a, a Beastie Boys station. Last they get week. their own station, baby. They get yep. their own station. Yep. All right, my next question for you: Best part of being a dad? Uh, watching my daughter grow. It's yeah. It's just the most amazing thing. <laughs> Pretty hard to beat. Yeah. Um, and Steve, sir, last question. What trait of your own do you hope your kids inherit or model? Uh, resilience. Yeah. Solid answer. Yeah. Uh, no joke. You strongly passed. And I think this is actually our <laughs> most rapid. We've ever done a rapid fire. At least it's the most rapid why. we've done it in a while. It's the most rapid <laughs> we've done it in a while. <laughs> Usually we go down a thousand, a thousand tangents. Um, awesome answers, man. Um, nice. Awesome answers. Um, Steve Leming. Did I get that right? Lemig. Lemming, damn it, see, 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 <laughs> telling you, you know, I was catching shit at the top of the show about it. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a trickier name than it looks. It's only it's five so, letters. And it's, and it's still wrong tricky. emphasis on the syllable, man. It's all off. Yeah. <laughs> man. Uh, so please, uh, where can people find you and where are you out in the digital world? Um, how can people find you? Yeah, uh, so uh, check out wilderdad.com for, uh, for stories about the outdoors and, and fatherhood, uh, all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, and then uh, you can check out my Instagram page, uh, which is actually wilderdads, plural. Uh, and, then, uh, and then you can check out uh, Facebook as well, which is, we're back to singular wilderdad. Um, it's hard. It's hard to to get the, yeah. the <laughs> yes. consistent it is very name hard. out there Trust these me. <laughs> Very hard. Very hard. You have to like buy it off somebody in the Middle East for like five thousand dollars if you want it. You it's like, what? You Why do you have this? You haven't posted anything on this page. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Give it to me. Uh, but yeah, those are those are the the three main spots that you can find me. Very good, man. And uh, our listeners certainly know we'll have everything in our show notes. And we will certainly, uh, Steve, man, we'll, we'll keep tabs on you. And whenever our book, your hour, sorry, there's no We're part credit of your book now. given here. No, no, yeah. that's not happening. Whenever, no, whenever I'll, I'll your book. You <laughs> good. You. I mean, Thank well, you. give credit where credit's due. I'm just saying. But but uh, nonetheless, we'll, we'll certainly um, talk about that as much as we can whenever whenever that goes live for you as well. Because that'd be Yeah, come be back and... Come back and, and tell everyone about it when, whenever the time comes. We'd oh, love yeah. to have you back on. Oh, That'd yeah. Awesome. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you both very much. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, cool. Steve, Steve thank you for uh, thank you for your time and, and sharing your story with us, man. It was, a, it was a great time. Yeah. Thanks. I had a blast. And I can't believe I'm only halfway through my beer. We kept you oh, talking man, too much. Look at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, so... Another great today's dad definition to add to the bank. Um, I mean, his the the takeaway from it was, you know, it's all about being involved. But again, like we've set up so many times on the show, involved means something different to everyone. I think I felt like he was had a lot of focus on it on the emotional standpoint. Um, you know, really being 
and it, it's more than just cooking and cleaning and helping with homework. I mean, that clearly that was a big part of it too, but it's just really being able to meet them at their level and hear what's going on with them, be, and, and, and to be emotionally vulnerable for them as well, to show that it's okay to have the whole spectrum of feelings, um, as a human, because you're, you're teaching them to be a, a human and a contributing member of society and we all have feelings. So, um, I really liked yeah. that definition and it was so fitting to his story. Yeah, very much to his story, M- much like the parallels that we've drawn from people with missing father figures. Yeah. Um, it just, I, t- to say it brashly, his crazy ass parental <laughs> figures, <Yeah. laughs> um, that, that, that he, he's really making it a positive and making it a strength for him. And especially, um, for, um, his 10 year old daughter, which, which is amazing. So, um, yeah, great and uh, honored to be able to add it to our Rick House, man. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, um, you know, as always, all of the information about Wilder Dad, um, the website, both the Instagram, um, you can find all of that in our show notes. Um, be sure to check out his Today's Dad video on our website at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. Um, Mike, we've been doing this show for 50-something episodes. I don't know that we've ever struggled with somebody's last name as much as we did Steve's. I don't know if it's – I still can't. If it's Lemig, Lemit, I'm struggling with it. And Steve, I apologize that we have butchered your name so poorly, so badly on this episode. Much love, much love to you, Steve, but you're going to be Steve. <laughs> it's weird. I think he might have been – is he our only Steve? No, Steve Tate. Yeah. It's weird that we've only we've had, had two Steve's. Steves. We've had 20 mics. We've had Steves. We, we, we have. We certainly have. Well, Steve, sorry for uh, butchering. Uh, maybe we haven't, and we're just calling ourselves out. That's so true. Like, uh, we, we very we well may have been saying it right. Yeah. <laughs> we've butchered your name many a times within this past hour. So, um, Nonetheless, Steve, thank you very much for uh, taking some time and chatting with us. Uh, it, was a, it was a treat to hear your story. And again, we can't, we can't wait for your book to come out because um, it'll, it'll be a treat to read, man. Um, bomber, buddy. Hey, buddy. That wraps another episode out. It does. Um, it, it does, man. Uh, to all of our listeners out there, thank you. We truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did. And as always, guys, please remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat, buy a bracelet. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Our show music is written and performed by Jordan Burris and produced by Jordan Burris and Asher Smith. We always love hearing from you. Head to wakedaddrinkrepeat.com, send us guest recommendations, or give us your thoughts on the show.